my name is Daniel Gopar, and welcome to Emacs.l, a podcast that's all about Emacs and nothing but Emacs. We talk about packages, cool configs, and the people who make all of this possible. Hey everyone, so if you want to leave tips, suggestions, or questions, you can do so at the GitHub repository that I set up. The link is in the show notes on emacsel.podbean.com. I'm going to try and hook up a domain to the site, so it will be shorter, so I'm going to try and do that. Also, uh, we have a Twitter feed, a Twitter account, which is at emacsel, so at emacsel. And that's it. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Emacs.l. This is the second episode, and for this guest, uh, for the show's guest, we have uh, Samer Masterson. So, Samer, do you want to introduce yourself or quick uh, intro? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Samer. Uh, I've been using Emacs for how long? Since freshman year of college, so maybe three years. I don't know. Think about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> um, but. Uh, I am currently the maintainer of eShell in name only. I don't uh, contribute enough to it. But so I got into developing uh, for Emacs like by like submitting a bunch of packages to eShell, which is uh, a terminal emulator written in Emacs Lisp, and you can use Lisp functions in it. Uh, and it is the best shell in Emacs. So everyone should, should use eShell. Um, and then I also organized the Emacs conference we had this year uh, with the help of Sasha, Sufjan, uh, Ryan, and uh, Paul. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, Sasha was a huge help, and she just recently finished. She cut up all the videos, and we're going to post them online along with IRC notes. And right now I work at Dropbox. I'm a software engineer on like the performance side. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're going to actually have a couple questions for you on eShow and uh, organizing the whole conference. So yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we'll we'll get more into that. So first question, uh, this is going to be the first question for every guest. Uh, How did you get into Emacs? What made you start using it? So I like my Emacs like uh, origin story because I started off using Vim. I used Vim for like two years, uh, and Vim was my first real editor that wasn't like Eclipse or JGrass for uh, Java. Um, and I loved Vim because like it was like so much faster than Eclipse. Of course, everything is faster than Eclipse. Um, that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, and and also, it's really cool. Like I like felt like a real hacker because like I was using all these weird keystrokes to do things that were pretty nifty. Um, but my big issue with Vim was uh, one, my memory is really terrible, and whenever I would learn a new Vim command, it's not connected to um, like a name and it's not discoverable. Um, and so if I would learn a command that was like maybe I letter I and then the letter P and maybe that would like paste three lines from like a kill you'd made like two previous kills ago. And if that was like something that's like really useful, the next time I would need that, I wouldn't, I would have no idea what 
the, the keystrokes were um, to like do that command, like it's basically impossible to find it. So I would like scour Google for like keywords of like what I like had done before to like try to figure out like what this other command was. And so that was my biggest issue with Vim. And I decided to switch away from Vim when um, I realized that I wanted to be able to show two buffers at the same time. So like one section of like this text and another section of like this other text. Um, and most people do that with uh, Tmux and, or there's just like something else, some other layer you put on top of it. And there's also, you can do like Vim buffers, but I don't really know how those work. Um, but that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I've seen Emacs before. I've seen pictures of it. And I know it's the competitor to Vim. And I've seen people like have split, split windows. So I'm going to try that. Um, and Emacs, so I first started using it at like an IT internship at a gigantic defense contractor. And I was given... Uh, like a Windows laptop, and I wasn't allowed to install Linux on it. So I like wasn't familiar with like how to do anything in Windows. Um, and so Emacs was like a little bit of like the Unixy experience in Windows for me. And that was also when I started to use eShell because it was like it's a shell that you can use from Windows. Um, and yeah, so that's how I started using Emacs. Okay. All right. Sweet. That's uh, that's actually a pretty cool story. <laughs> all right. So uh, now that you've been using Emacs for a couple of years, what do you mostly use it for now? Yeah. So uh, I mostly use Emacs for everything except for my email. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah. So like at work, um, I use it to program. I use it to take notes with org mode, which because I work at Dropbox now, all of my org mode. All my org mode files are like synced to Dropbox, and so now they're like synced everywhere, which is very convenient. Um, and I can read them on my phone. But now this is sounding too much like an ad for Dropbox, so stop talking about that. Um, but one thing I haven't gotten Emacs to, um, I haven't used Emacs for is email. So I've tried it multiple times. I've tried setting it up. Uh, with MU4E, uh, and I set it up with GNU's, and I also used uh, Wanderlust. Um, and they were all all right, but I could never get away from how convenient it is to send emails from a web browser, like or like from my phone. Um, so that was like the big sticking point with email. But I try to use Emacs for as many things as possible. And now I don't need to use a browser. Like, I use EU for, like, looking up documentation, which is really nice. But, yeah. Oh, wow, you're brave using EU. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, man, I tried it. I, I didn't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my, uh, you know, my, my nice, pretty things, UI stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, I tried doing uh, mail. That didn't work out so well. I didn't like it. I was like, uh, I'll stick to web client. That That is so much better, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Yeah. You, right. I'm sorry, what? What did you use for mail? Uh, mail, I think I was trying uh, GNU or uh, GNU's. Uh, I don't remember. It was either that one or some other one. I, I don't remember. It was a while ago. Yeah, GNU's is all right, but it's super slow. 
That was good. <laughs> All right. So, um, so you mentioned earlier that you were the organizer for Emacs Conf. Do you yeah. want to go briefly on what that is and 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 more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So Emacs Conf um, uh, is the annual. Now it's going to be annual uh, Emacs conference uh, where we just gather a bunch of Emacs nerds in the same room and we have people talk about Emacs and people socialize and eat lunch and talk about Emacs together. Um, and Emacs Conf um, has a funny, or actually, so that yeah, that's um, that's kind of what it is. Okay, all right. So uh, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into. <laughs> I mean, it's perfectly fine just for like a brief overview. Yeah. But uh, the next question would be, how did you become the organizer? What made you become, you know, like the main guy organizing all of this? Yeah. So really. Um, the reason I was the organizer instead of anyone else uh, was because uh, I saw, so I Googled Emacs Conf because I thought it would be an amazing idea and I wanted to see if anyone else had done it before. Um, and I saw that there was an Emacs Conf 2013, um, but there wasn't one in 2014. And uh, then I found Sasha's notes where Sasha wanted to do an online Emacs Conf for 2015, um, and she'd taken notes on like all of, like the potential uh, talks people wanted, and then potential speakers, um, and like when it would be and stuff like that. Um, and I saw that, and I was like, you know, it would be really cool if we could make this in person, also. Um, and it probably wouldn't even be that hard. And so I emailed Sasha, and I was like, hey, Sasha, like. Um, what do you think of like doing an in-person thing? She was like, well, if you can organize an in-person thing, then go for it. And I was like, okay, I'll just like pretend that I'm the main organizer and pretend like I have any authenticity in the Emacs conf, like organizing committee and just be like, Hey, I like sent out a Twitter thing. And I was like, if you're interested in Emacs conf, um, like sign up for a mailing list. And we got to like the front page of hacker news. And that's where, that's how like Paul got involved. Um, and so it really like took off from there, but Sasha got the ball rolling by like posting her notes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sasha has a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. yeah so Sasha, if you're watching this, thank you for being on. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So now that you've organized uh, Emacs conference, since it already passed, uh, how hard is it in retrospect? Uh, to organize all of it, you know, the website, the discourse, finding a place, or I don't know how much of detail you had in each of those sections, but yeah. You know. So I had a fair amount of detail in most of them because <laughs> uh, I worked on those with Paul and Sufyan and Amin and Ryan. Um, but it's more, it's harder than you think, but it's also at the end of the day, it's not that difficult to organize a conference. Um, but uh, so yeah, we set up like a website, we set up discourse, we set up uh, a Git, hosted Git thing because we didn't want to use GitHub. Um, and I, but I would say the hardest part was just staying on top of like who was speaking, like have we emailed these people about this like three months before, do they like, did they get a reminder so they can buy plane tickets? Um, and it was like things like that and just making sure like we had a schedule and that we were moving through and we were emailing people 
And Paul helped with that a lot because he's very good at writing emails. So when I was like, hey, like we need to send these people an email. I also need to do all these other things. So do you want to send the email? He would always be like, yeah, I can just do it. Um, and yeah. And so I encourage people to attempt to organize conferences. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that uh, organizing conferences, that's something for the brave, man. <laughs> something for the brave. If I'd known how, how stressful it would have been, actually, I, I think I still would have done it because it was kind of cool at the end because, like, the conference happened, and I was like, well, you know, like, if we hadn't worked so hard, it wouldn't have happened. Like, Emacs Conf isn't a thing that, like, happens every year regardless. And so it was, it was very cool to be able to see that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I would have done that, I mean, I would have been pretty proud. I imagine you feel pretty proud about <laughs> doing it and everything. I just need to send an email about the videos. <laughs> like, not think about it for an entire year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, I'm sorry, were you talking right now? No, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I remember in uh, in IRC, in the Emacs Conf channel, yeah. that uh you guys were trying to make like the discourse site uh like the place for like uh the yeah. kind of like the new reddit for emacs yes i can tell you about it yeah so yeah go yeah. for it how, uh, how are you guys are going about that so yeah so my idea was there isn't really like an online place for people who use emacs um there's the emacs develop mailing list which is for developers there's the reddit r slash emacs which is not that active and not that fun. And I don't think Reddit is very good at small communities. Um, I never really like, feel a sense of like community, like togetherness the way you do on like a forum. Um, and there's like the Stack Overflow, which is like a Q&A. And there's the IRC, which I'm never ever on. But apparently people are on that. Maybe I should just suck it up and figure out how to like stay on top of IRC. Um, and so I thought it would be really cool if, um, we could like use the act, the the energy from the conference, and transfer it over to the discourse. Um, it turns out, so I think I'm the wrong person to organize that because I'm the type of person who like I do things in like short bursts, and like the type of energy you need for a community is kind of like a sustained. Like you always need to be there. You always need to be like moderating posts, like encouraging discussion. Um, and so I still think this is a very good idea, even though it hasn't happened yet. And so if you or any of our listeners are interested in being that person who like wants to take like charge of like the community, the community is definitely out there and people definitely like want to talk to each other on the internet other than like IRC and Reddit. And so I think if someone wanted to do that and take over that role, they would have my full support and I would like throw all of my Emacs conf authenticity at them so they could take it and run with it. All right. All right. So let's see if anybody takes up on that challenge. But you're not interested? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> putting me on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I came on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first I got to work on the podcast thing first before I can take yeah. on anything else. That's yeah. 
So, um, yeah, recently, uh, it was like a couple of weeks ago that Reddit changed like its policy on, on how they do everything. And I saw like some Emacs users that were trying to actually create a website that would take them away from Reddit and into a place that is actually a little bit more, um, safer, I guess you could say, well, less, um, well, knowing the reputation of, uh, Reddit somewhere more friendly, I guess you can say. Yeah. So yeah. If anybody, yeah, so I think creating the Discord is a good site. It's a good yeah. place to start for, to from moving people. Now we just need a more recognition for people to actually move there. Yeah, so I have a question. Yeah, we, go for it. Did you see the thing? Was that vote.co slash r slash or slash v slash emacs? Was that, they were, what, was that what they were talking about? Uh, which? I'm sorry, what? Um, so um, in the big Reddit debacle, mm-hmm. I will not go into because I have lots of opinions about it. Um, they like split off and there's like this other Reddit clone that's called vote.co, which is V O A T. Um, and they're like, Hey, we like love freedom of speech and like expression. Um, and someone posted to the Emacs Reddit and they're like, Hey, ever to move over here. And I don't think, that went anywhere because I don't know, just inserting my personal opinion. There are lots of things wrong with Reddit, but most of the people moving to vote.co were part of what was wrong with Reddit. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean also the whole, um, since you guys created the discourse site, the discourse yeah. site was created for the whole purpose of Emacs. So yeah. maybe if uh, you know, that already has some potential right there that it's already yeah. Emacs oriented. So hopefully that should help the movement a little bit smoother yeah. than, you know, the, the other site that you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, in the beginning, you also mentioned that you are the maintainer of Isha, right? <laughs> that you are so proudly of. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, so do you want to quickly say what is Isha and why it's so awesome? Just, yeah. So yeah. Isha is the best show. Um, period. And it's also the best shell inside of Emacs. Um, and the reason it's the best shell in Emacs is uh, you can use list functions within it. So you can use find dash um, you can use find dash file and put a file name inside of eShell and it'll open up a new buffer with that file. Um, and that's really powerful. Um, and then you can take files and you can uh, redirect their output to buffers and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, everyone should use eShell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I started using eShell. I find it more, nice. more uh, yeah, nicer than, the, than, you know, the other shell one. And also yeah. the things that I've seen was uh, when you do MetaX and just shell, is that it's a dedicated process within Emacs or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, uh, and eShell is just, it's not, it's it's just a buffer, right? Yep. So, yeah, so I mean, I, I like that as well. Do you know any more in-depth differences about that between shell and term and eshell that you yeah. want to go over? Or? Um, the difference between eshell and shell is shell spins up bash, um, and then you're just communicating uh, through something called com int mode. Um, what does that mean? Command enter something. Maybe that's wrong. 
Um, but so it uses like this, uh, like kind of janky interface on top and it doesn't really know about what is actually going on in bash. And so I don't know. It's like shell mode is fine. I use shell mode when eShell doesn't work. Term is what is like not fine. Term is like you open it and suddenly all of your key bindings don't work. And like you have to do like control C O or like control C control O or control C control J or maybe it's control C control K to move into the line based mode where at least like your normal Emacs command is <clears throat> like by default it's it just pretends to be like the Ubuntu terminal and it sucks up all your key commands. And so it's a bad user experience. Yeah, um, when I first started testing out the shells, when I typed in term, I'm like, what the heck? This does yeah. not look friendly. Why is this in here? <laughs> it just yeah. tick away everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And term is very powerful, but it's just so hard to use. Like whenever I open it up, I'm like, oh, shit, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not the real terminal, you know. Yeah. All right. So, um, do you want to quickly go over how did you get into the position of being the maintainer of Isha? Oh yeah. Um, and if anyone else is interested in being the maintainer of Isha, you can do this exact thing and I will gladly hand it over because <laughs> I feel bad because I don't work on it that much anymore. Um, but December of last year, I wanted to start contributing to Emacs and my favorite part of Emacs is Isha. Um, and like there are all these like bugs in eShell and all these things that I think would be very cool ideas in eShell. Um, and so that's where I started. And um, I started by going through Lars, I don't know his last name, but he wrote good news. And after the switch from BZR, which was the old um, version control that Emacs used to Git, um, everyone thought that there'd be this huge like number of new contributors to the Emacs core. Um, and so Lars wrote this guide on like how to get started contributing to Emacs. And we should probably post it in like the description because it was, that's what I use. And it's very, uh, it was, it basically like kickstarted, um, my, my Emacs development stuff. And so, um, I like went through like the bug tracker and I found, like a very, very easy bug uh, that had to do with eShell. And it was a bug that hadn't been, that was, had been sitting in the bug tracker for like, maybe it was like four years, like some ridiculous amount of time. And it had to do with like, um, it was like Unicode handling inside of eShell. Uh, and it was like broken in some way. And I wrote a patch, um, I like went back and forth with some of the Emacs developers. They like helped me make it better. They're really like mostly friendly, um, but it was like intimidating at first. Um, and after they like accepted the patch, I waited. How long was it? Maybe like an entire month for Emacs for the FSF to like accept my papers, um, so they could accept my copyright assignment. Um, but after that, it's been like smooth sailing. And I contributed maybe like seven, I don't know, seven or eight patches to eShell uh, and to Emacs in general. And then 
the way I like came to become the maintainer is I was making a controversial change to eShell um, around how um, there's like this fancy mode called like view mode, which only gets turned on like some of the time. And it's like pretty obscure. I don't know if it's documented, but you can definitely find out about it if you read the source code. The source code is well documented. Um, but I was making a change there so that when you exited uh, the mode, when or the mode would turn on when a process started, and then when the process died, the window would automatically close. But the issue is that if you have very short-running processes, like if you just have like a, uh, if you just call less, and then less starts and then dies, um, you still want to have everything like available in the Emacs buffer uh, to stay consistent with how like other um, processes work. So like if you start up like a Python terminal and then Python dies, the buffer doesn't automatically die. Um, and so my change, my patch was just to make that change. And Stefan was like, okay, uh, I don't use eShell, but if you think this is consistent, then you can make the change, but you also have to be the maintainer. And I was like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Call me whatever you want, but. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's one way of becoming the maintainer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so you mentioned that you had a list of features that you wanted to implement at Show. Have you gotten yeah. around that, or do you have it somewhere in case someone wants to uh, contribute? Uh, yeah. Go for it. Oh, that's a good idea. I should, like, post it online. Um, so before we started the podcast, we were talking about how I bought eshell.org to, <laughs> to, like, advocate for the use of eshell instead of the other shells. Um, and that would be a good idea, just as like a features list. Uh, but the two big things I want, uh, one is you've used shell mode, right? Yeah, I've used it, yeah. Have you done um, meta R? So like the backwards, like where you can search through your history? Uh, no, I have not done that, no. Yeah, so in shell mode, if you do meta R, um, you can search through your history for like old commands and it's um, an interactive search. So if you type cat, you get to see the previous command where you use cat and then you can go through those, uh, all the commands where you use cat. Um, but in eShell, when you do uh, control R, uh, it lets you do the search, but it's not interactive. So you have to type it, you type cat, and then you have to press enter to see what you're actually going to get, which is not as good of an experience. Um, and this is actually the last thing I was working on, which I didn't finish. Um, but this, that's something I think would be very, very cool in, in Isha. Um, and then the other two things are uh, input redirection. So input redirection doesn't, there's one type of indirection that doesn't work. I think it's um, the standard in indirection. So if you have a file, if you have a file that you want to feed into a process, I'm pretty sure that's the one that doesn't work. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it would just be nice if that worked. And then more compatibility with Bash stuff. So if, like at work, if I have a thing which uh, Bash evaluates in order to set my environmental variables, it would be nice if eShell could also do that. 
I don't know. I could go on and on and on. I have so many ideas. I've done none of them, but. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're right. The environment variables, that, that, that is one of the things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just reminded me. Yeah, that's one of the things that annoys me. It's like, oh, man, come on. I yeah, don't want to make like another Elias uh, yeah. alias for the for yeah. the uh, like, even if even if we don't have environmental variables, I just want a standard way to just put like maybe just like dot eshell rc and then evaluate it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, man. I, I'm gonna go on the rant right now with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, yeah. So I mean that that's a pretty good list, uh, even though it's I'm more, you know, it's I'm more things. But I'm yeah. I'm sparing you. <laughs> okay maybe we should make another podcast on Isha just that episode Say, three everything of, wrong with Isha <laughs> go every single bug in the bug tracker that's yeah, exactly. all right so um to be able to be the maintainer of Isha you, you had to learn some elist right yes so how did you learn elist was it just through how you said just browsing through the source code and just reading it or how did you go about that um so I learned Elisp when I first started using Emacs um, just because I was like really bored at work. And so I would like program things. Um, and Elisp is now like my favorite Lisp and it's one of my favorite languages. And it's just like very straightforward and it's very easy to like get things done in Elisp. Um, and then but my like ability to like read and write Elisp greatly increased after I started doing eShell stuff, just because um, eShell is like kind of complicated. Um, and so the person who wrote eShell, John W. And I'm going to mispronounce his last name. It's like Wigley, Wiggly. I don't know. Um, but he's like brilliant. But one of the side effects of that is like reading his code is like it's very very hard to like tell what is going on or like you need to gather a lot of context in order to know what's going on mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of that was just like i learned about edebug which is a very good elisp debugger and that was like essential to like being able to debug eshell but so it was a lot of trial and error okay all right um so yeah, I mean, uh, I'm learning Elisp right now nice. just to be able to uh, create, uh, you know, read. Because whenever I see people post, like, their eShell snippets, uh, I mean, Elisp snippets of code, yes. so I have to, like, you know, grab the like, this keyword and Google it and then grab the next one to find out what the heck's <laughs> going on. I was like, would it kill you to put a comment line or something? But uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Once you get used to a language, you know, you, yeah. you're to do it. Yeah, you already know what it automatically does. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so when you were uh, committing, uh, sending in the patches for eShow, uh, you, you said it wasn't that hard to commit them, right? It was just submit it and then wait for a review or something? Uh, yeah. Um, usually, so the entire process is uh, you find something you want to work on, you create a patch, um, which a patch is just like a diff. And so you can do like git diff and uh, throw that into um, a file and you attach it to an email and you send it to Emacs Savelle and you're like, hey, uh, this is a patch for a new feature. 
or you go to the bug tracker and you find the email for that specific bug and you send it there and you say, hey, I fixed the bug. Um, and then usually within a week, someone will like get back to you and be like, and review it and say, hey, this is like good. Uh, and if you don't have commit access, they will probably um, commit it to the repository for you. Um, but most of the time they'll say, hey, there's like something you need to fix. Like, what about that? What about that? Like, why are you doing this? That seems wrong. Um, and the people that live on Emacs Devel are like very good developers. I've learned a lot from them. Like, um, and they've like caught lots of things that I wasn't even thinking of. Mm, okay. Um, one thing, uh, let's see, how can I... So when you were submitting the patches, did you have to do any um, any testing with them? Or I imagine you, you did, right? So uh, what did, did you guys use a framework or was it testing? Did you guys use ERT or... Yeah. Or... Um, so did I have to do any testing? No. They will accept patches without testing. I think that's, most patches do not include tests. Um, but for my own sake, I did write tests because, I don't know, I'm the type of developer who, like, if I don't have tests, I will submit buggy code. Just, that's just how it is. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I didn't want to introduce any more bugs into eShell. So I tried to test it. And we use, I, the standard eShell, uh, standard Emacs testing framework is called ERT, which is, I don't know what it stands for, but it's just a unit testing framework. Um, and if you go, like, you'll, if you find the eShell tests, some of them will be mine. <laughs> yeah, um, also with uh, learning eList right now, uh, I started contributing to a package called uh, Eclim. Oh, Eclim, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for one of the PRs, I need to start writing tests. So I need to use ERT. So I'm learning oh, how to use it. Oh, cool. They require tests? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Preferably oh, with tests, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So since you you wrote the ELIST code with tests, uh, I want to ask, how long or how long have you been writing ELIST in, that you felt comfortable enough that you could write the patches with the test and, and you know, all that? Um. So are you asking how long it took to become comfortable? Yeah, uh, how long did you, be, yeah, how long were you, before you were comfortable enough with writing the ELISP, you know, without struggling or anything? Oh, um, it really, it wasn't until I'd written my first big uh, ELISP, my first couple, like, ELISP programs, um, and that was last year, like, last January when I first started doing ELIF stuff. Like, um, have I told you about, do you know about like hacker school slash recurse center? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, so um, it's this like programmers retreat in New York city. Uh, it's not a boot camp, just because like nobody like pays any money. Like everyone there already knows how to program. Um, and so for my application, they're like, hey, write a program. And I wrote something. My program was, like, written in ELISP. And so and when I was there, they knew me as, like, the Emacs person. So I already had a reputation. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. So it took a lot of – it took a fair amount of, like, experience to get to this point. Okay, sweet. 
Um, do well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. Do you have any uh, questions that you think uh, I should have asked or anything like that? Well, I think you did an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um, oh, were you going to say something? Oh, um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything I wanted to say but didn't. Um, one, if you're interested in contributing to eShell, yes, go for it. Email me because I would be interested in, I would love to review any of your patches. Um, and if you're interested in currently with tests, right? With tests, without tests, submit it without tests, <laughs> we'll write tests for you. Just do it. It would be okay, awesome. Okay. We need more eShell developers. Um, and the other thing is if you're interested in doing Emacs development, eShell is the best place to start. So just throwing that out there, start here, eShell. And if you okay. haven't used eShell, you should use it. All right. All right. Yeah, I also recommend eShell. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emacs users recommend eShell. <laughs> Lights cavities. <laughs> there you go. That's one way. That's a sales yeah. pitch right there. Keep the dentist away. <laughs> oh, in Apple. Right. Oh, all right. yeah. Um, so one quick thing I want to say is that not only does uh, uh, did I interview Samer today, but uh, he's also going to be a co-host to the show as well. So that's one way to introduce the co-host. <laughs> interview the co-host. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So all right. So before uh, we end it, uh, do you want to give any shout outs to anything? It doesn't have to be Emacs related. It can be to anything you want a restaurant a, a book or whatever for raising me um <laughs> uh i just want to thank again all of the organizers on for EmacsConf because i i definitely could not have done EmacsConf without them it would have been a much much shittier or shoot maybe i shouldn't swear a much poopier conference without them um so that's sasha sufyan uh, Paul, Ryan, Amin, uh, and you spoke there. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, so just thanks to all of them. And yeah, I think that was it. Mm, okay. All right. So I think that's the end. All right. Uh, thank you, Samer. Cool. Peace. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> hey guys. So thank you for listening. So just to reiterate, the website again is emaxel.podbean.com. Thank you for listening.